Welcome to the It's Become a Whole Thing podcast with me, your host, Emily Rose, where we take a subversive look at all the celebrity gossip you want and some you never knew you needed. We'll take a deep dive into the hidden meanings of what's really going on in the world of pop culture, because here we contain multitudes and read between the lines. Join me. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to the It's Become a Whole Thing podcast, a podcast about pop culture and zeitgeisty things. I'm your host, Emily Rose, and how are you, my fellow trolls, my sweet babes? Over where I am, the weather's hostile. It's like, you know, icy, windy, kind of miserable. It's making everyone unintentionally join the troll stroll movement. Like, everyone's basically walking down the street with this grimace. It almost looks like a cartoon grumpy face. So... I'm just going to take that uh, and put my delusional spin on it to say that we're growing in numbers all the time and it it feels good. So Shannon from Fluently Forward is back. It's always lovely to have her on the pod and we're going to get into conspiracy theories and it's it's an episode that I'm really excited for because I have been trying to think for months about how to put this episode together because I wanted to talk about conspiracy theories but also wanted to talk about the historical origins of a lot of conspiracies and ones that have extremely problematic roots and others that don't have problematic roots but people often think they do and just overall moral panic. So the thing that ties us all together is this movement that started in the 80s called the Satanic Panic. It's the through line for the episode. We're going to break it all down for you. And also, I couldn't do this episode without mentioning at least one or two celebs. So we'll tell you which ones lately have been subscribing and pushing forward this whole moral panic that we've seen. So that's it for the main episode. On the Patreon this week, I'll be joined by Sammy P. And we're going to get into Julianne Huff. We're going to get into her and uh, we're going to raise our Kinergy high and just get into it. You guys... Okay, you guys know what I mean by Kinergy. Remember, do you do you remember that video from like it was like a while back where she was having that fake exorcism thing on the bed with a guy doing that like energy thing on her called Kinergy. I I I don't know how long ago it was, but I probably think about it on a weekly basis. So we're gonna get into her and her life and scandals and all that all that good stuff. So. If you'd like to join us over on the Patreon, it's $5 US a month. Uh, you get an extra episode every week at patreon.com. It's slash it's become a whole thing. You know what it is. And um, the last thing I'll say before we get into it is if you could please help me out with my noble and continual quest for uh, attention and external validation, that'd be great in the form of reviews for the podcast. So just rate the podcast uh, if you're enjoying it subscribe send to a friend all that stuff it helps a lot with moving this whole operation forward so that's it for today without further ado let's get into today's episode okay and we're back with shannon from fluently forward shannon it's been so long how are you doing Woo! i'm doing good we just talked about some trending topics over on my patreon so i am i'm loose i'm ready to get into it and i'm ready to panic Yes. Yeah. I know we talked about like fun topics. So if you guys want to have fun, like go head over to Shannon's Patreon. But here we're down to like, we're going to roll up our sleeves and we're going to talk conspiracy theories. We're going to talk satanic panic. Uh, Before we get into it all, like I'm curious about your interest in conspiracy theories. It's such a like wide umbrella, but like where did it kind of start for you? 
Oh God, that's a good question. I think it, it's always started for me with the fun stuff. You know what I mean? Like did giants exist? What's going on with the pyramids and Stonehenge and cave drawings and everything like that? Um, mermaids, fairies, dragons, you name it. Although I feel like saying that you're into conspiracy theories in high school and college was fun. And now if you say it, you get such dirty looks from people. I was at, where was I? I was, oh, I was at a wedding the other day. And somebody asked what my podcast was. And I was like, oh, you know, we talk about entertainment news, celebrity gossip, and sometimes a fun conspiracy theory. And she looked at me and she went, those are all really dangerous. And I was like, mm, they're literally not because some of them are about mermaids. But now I know which type of conspiracy theories you've read about online. They're different than mine. But it's it's kind of crazy. It's um It's taken over the world. And I think people now really view conspiracy theories as only political things and only dangerous things. Yeah. And, and like, yeah, you're hitting the nail on the head. Like I've, I've really wanted to record this episode for months. Um, and I keep hesitating because of this like sort of stigma attached to it. And that's why like, I feel like you're the perfect person to unravel this whole, yeah. like, this you're whole, already like... stained. <laughs> no, like, you're just like, you know, you're like perpetually like just curious about topics and like you go into it with an open mind like just like understand like this needs to be a nuanced conversation because it's like okay on one hand if you say you don't believe in any conspiracy theories okay so you're taking everything you hear at face value yeah. but like on the other hand I do understand the, the QAnon of it all and how they've really tainted like quote conspiracy theories for a lot of people yeah, it's like you're either a dummy or a moron. You know what I mean? You either think nothing's a conspiracy theory or everything is. And then there's the same people in the middle. And I think something that has always bothered me is that A, a lot of conspiracy theorists don't get their roses. Um, and then also B, it's just the, uh, okay, like for example, Alex Jones, what a nutter, completely wrong about Sandy Hook. That being said, Alex Jones has also been right about a lot of things, but nobody talks about that. And the headlines just all talk about him as being a crazy nutter when he has been right about a few things. And we're not talking about the things that have been right. And uh, I think that's how it is with conspiracy theorists, too. I even find it with something as simple as the Free Britney movement. If you talked about it in 2018, everyone went, you're crazy. You're one of those crazy conspiracy theorists. You're online way too much. You need to get a grip. You don't know who these celebrities are. And now people believe in the Free Britney movement, but who's going back and apologizing to the people who are tweeting about it and putting the threads together? No, you gave them a bunch of grief and shit online, but you're not going to apologize to them even though they were right. So that's always frustrated me, too. Yeah, I mean, without the Free Britney movement, which was just written off as a total conspiracy, like Britney would not have had the conservatorship. And so it it is, I mean, and I'm glad as of like when this goes to air, um, this will have been like last week, but I got to talk to like Jenna of Descartes Pod. And again, like happy to have guests that are able, I'm able to have this like nuanced perspective, like and conversation about how there's a lot of tension that I feel as like, a Britney fan, like Britney fan for life and being like, okay, on one hand, I really, really want to respect her privacy and not be like a nutter, a be a non-person who's reading into everything. Be a non. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because people get really outlandish. But on the other hand, I know that the free Britney movement in the first place helped to get her free. So anyway, it's, it's, um, it gets really messy. And another thing that stopped me from um, wanting to do an episode about conspiracy theories is like because 
they're not all made the same. And a lot of them, like the ones that have this really negative connotation, um, originate with anti-Semitism. Um, and so, and like when I'm when I'm talking about these, I'm talking about the more QAnon really damaging type of things. Because like just like, I mean, I know everyone listening like already knows this, but like you talking about mermaids and centaurs is not even remotely related to what we're going to be getting into today and well it, sometimes I talk about Jewish centaurs and how good they are with money <laughs> no I'm just kidding can you imagine <laughs> yeah how they're like controlling the mythical bank well actually JK Rowling kind of did create that re- <laughs> reality oh yeah with the goblins <laughs> yeah <laughs> I was like oh my god she's been leaving clues this whole time that she's kind of not also a good the, the Cho Chang and the uh Kingsley Shacklebolt and things like yeah. Seamus Finnegan or whatever <laughs> Oh yeah, totally. Um, yeah, but that's oh my god, it really pains me that people would then put you, like, lump you in, with, um, like with this really like slanderous, like very harmful, um, type of rhetoric. But then again, the I think that most people understand the very obvious difference, and the people that are challenging that are like the extremists who are like. If you talk about any conspiracy, including mermaids, including Brit- Free Britney, you are responsible for all the bad in the world. Yeah, I also think, too, QAnon really took um, sex trafficking under their belt, which is such a shame because I've had people say to me before, sex trafficking is a conspiracy theory. And then that just breaks my heart because I've also had people in my DMs who were victims of sex trafficking. And I can promise you, just because QAnon is taking it up as this you know, thing to be backing how they're against, it doesn't mean that sex trafficking isn't real, even though the other QAnon things are distinctly not true. So I think the fact that I talked about conspiracy theories and how anti-sex trafficking I am, people put it together and they go, must be Q. Yeah. And you've had like legitimate organizations that have been fighting for this type of thing long before like QAnon made this resurgence. Like you're, you're, um you're a good egg like and you know I think you saying like you bringing that up that's why I decided ultimately to do this because to do this episode because I'm like well if if, like I don't QAnon's not going to ruin everything for me like I I just because it's something that they have addressed in like a very convoluted way it doesn't mean like I can't like then analyze it and also like in my research for all this I just started to see a lot of like patterns so I'm just gonna like I'm just gonna like get into kind of the um the the central thesis of this whole um idea so I want to talk about the quote satanic panic movement and like I got really into it did you ever did you watch the teal swan documentary the the deep end no okay I didn't. okay it doesn't matter basically she's just like a bogus like self-help guru um it's a pretty wild story it's a pretty it's a great documentary um but she had like these people convinced that they had had ritualistic abuse happen to them um i'm gonna just put a content warning basically on everything we're going to talk about from now on um there were all these people in her documentary that like basically it was sort of implied that they've had false memories planted within them and she's like a highly manipulative person basically runs a cult um and it just so happens that everyone who has gone to her ranch has like remembered repressed memories quote unquote of like ritualistic abuse and adults holding them over a fire or putting them on a barbecue or like 
truly things that would like it would make national news and it would you know that doesn't that's that's the type of thing that becomes like you know a huge sensational story um and so like I've never like in my life like heard someone like telling a traumatic story like this and had like sort of the the like my suspicions come about but I think in the context of how manipulative Teal Swan is and how like it's really vulnerable people coming to her I started to like dig a little bit and realize that like this whole quote like false memory type of thing um it actually was like a like major major thing in that started in the 80s um and she is kind of like a disciple of one of the big um proponents of it so so how do you by the way how do you put false memories I hear so much stuff about memories even down to you know when a bunch of people see a car crash and you interview 20 of them and some people think that the car was red some people think that it was blue and how your memories can get um you know be incorrect in that way so I'm assuming is there something with like drugs and alcohol involved and then you start saying like oh I think this happened to you like how do I'm like asking for nefarious reasons now yeah but how do you implant a like false memory in someone and make them think that it's their own well so it's interesting like uh, the the documentarians of the deep end like they earned her trust uh because like they basically said like we're gonna clear your name and like we're gonna clear up all the misconceptions so she like let fully let them in for four years of her life um and so yeah so they you get to watch this basically happening so like some of it is drugs like she did have them taking like tree uh frog venom um in these rituals but also like some of it is just kind of like um a really elaborate like acting exercise like okay like you've Mm -hmm. done like you've done like drama and improv like it gets like very involved with like okay like you're this person like you're gonna embody this person and like now act that out like it's kind of like that like these people are at these seminars for like however many you know hours and hours a day and they're being taught like they have to like bring up traumatic memories of what's happened to them and if like if not they're told like well you're obviously like repressing something which caveat like the whole repressed memory thing has been like highly disputed it's actually a very rare thing to occur yes and people don't talk about that enough I went through a phase where I used to call my parents because I saw so many things about repressed memories on TikTok and I called my parents and I would ask them if I ever got molested and they would go Shannon what are you on about and I would say well I don't remember huge chunks of my childhood and they would go neither do we they would go neither do a bunch of people that's how memories work you don't remember every single part of your life you know it's not always a cause of some trauma and I feel like people on TikTok and those Instagram infographics they're always pushing the childhood trauma and it does happen I think stats are that one in every three people do experience um some form of abuse under the age of 18 but it isn't a hundred percent, you know what I mean? So that idea of repressed memories, people really do treat it as fact where they're like, if you can't remember something, that means something very sinister happened. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And like by repressed memories, I mean like major chunks of like, like years of your life as a child, like, and remembering like huge events and that type of thing. Like it, it is actually like, yeah, it is quite rare. And like, oh my God, freaking TikTok convincing, um, 
as we have like so many issues. I know. I'm like, it's my gut and it's my trauma and it's the divine feminine. And what? I was, I was literally just talking to my therapist today about like, I'm like, am I using like work as an escape? She's like, I think it's just something you enjoy right now. And it's like a positive outlet. And I was like, oh my God. I'm like, this is like coming from like some TikTok that I saw in emotional state. And I was like, I have asked my therapist so many questions that start with now I saw this on TikTok, but, and then they just look at you. And then you have this moment where you're like, I'm paying them this much money to debunk a TikTok made by a 15 year old. You're like, I got to get my life together. Yeah. yeah. Maybe we shouldn't be so um, chronically online as the kids say, but I, whatever, mm-hmm. probably not going to change anytime soon. The therapist uh, goes, Emily, why don't you touch some grass? You're like, yeah. oh, no. <laughs> oh my God. I know. Basically in a very in a very kind psychological way that's basically what she said she's like I think this is (laughs) I think this is healthy I think this is fine I'm like okay um but yeah so with planting false memories like we got to see it with Teal Swan um but basically it's a combination of her first of all she says she's omniscient um so she's like I have just had a wave I've just had an intuition uh of like while I was in meditation I I realized that you're like brother molested you like she'll literally like say things like this and then they're meditating they're like oh my god like I need to call my family up and like cut off all ties with them and it's like so it's like sometimes it's like that and then sometimes they're like she's like making them meditate and she's like okay like close your eyes now picture yourself in this role like what do you see and they're like it's dark and it's like Mm, it's like an like a very twisted like improv exercise and so I thought okay this is just like her Turns out this was like a full-on institution of people in the 80s and 90s, quote, resurfacing um, repressed memories. Um, And so it started, um, like I said, it started in the 80s. And it was basically, it was this moral panic of that turned into 12,000 unsubstantiated cases of satanic ritual abuse in the U.S. And it was a full-on frenzy and the reason why it's so fascinating to me is just I mean it just is very interesting but I really see um this being kind of like the seeds of a lot of what's going on in like current our current like spiritual world a lot of things we see on TikTok a lot of conspiracies like I don't I don't really think this has died down so I'm going to get into it. Yeah. So, so basically you're saying satanic panic was people saying that they were victims of ritualistic abuse. Yeah. Okay. So this is the, the, it has like truly the wildest origins, but basically like there was sort of a buildup to it where um, there was like the, from like the fifties to the eighties, there was like the growth of like fundamentalist Christians in the U S there was also kind of like um, people sort of being becoming more aware of like psychology so like PTSD and things like that and being like oh these are real things and at the same time kind of unrelated but related the church of satan <laughs> began and they were like oh my god see we're right we're right like look at these satanists <laughs> um mm. so it was that and um it was the uh, beginning of the school of social work like the the field of social work and basically this idea that like we need to offer like protection and support for children which it's so sad because it started off so positively um, with this idea of like, we need to help children. Um, and so basically, so the thing that kind of kicked it all off, so this is all kind of percolating. 
Um, well, also, can I just say too, that the idea of children is, I think it's something that so many people get behind because it's one of those things that like, nobody's going to say anything against children. And that's what QAnon does, right? They're like, we're just trying to save the children. Donald Trump's trying to save the children. And that's what pro-life people do too. They just go, I'm just trying to save the unborn children. And you have people getting away with anything because they use the children as this Trump card. You even have narcissistic and abusive parents doing it where they're like, I'm only doing this to you because I care so much about your safety as a parent. So people use this whole parent child, protect the child card to really do some like sinister things and then be like, but it was fine that I did it because all I wanted, my only intention was to help the children. That's it's so true. It's like, yeah, if you start to bring children into it and then you're against like what someone's the way that someone's theorizing, they can easily just, yeah, just be like, oh, you're anti kid. Like you don't care about kids. And it's like, you like saying that you're not pro life. It's like, who isn't pro life? No, none of us are pro death. You know what I mean? Yeah. So people just use these marketing terms where it's like, well, what are you anti save the children? You want to hurt the children? You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's like, it's like, no, I'm, I'm pro children and I think you're crazy. And those two things are, <laughs> exist at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, but yeah, the, the unfortunate thing is that, so all of this was kind of like percolating and then it all came out basically, um, with daycare workers. Like that's who was like fielding the brunt of this, um, this poor, this poor educator in a daycare, um, had a kid who he had painful bowel movements. This was the start of this whole thing of these 12,000 cases of unsubstantiated like claims. The kid said he was having painful bowel movements. His his parents pressed him and he said his teacher was flying around the room. This kid is like a preschooler, so he's under five. And this was at the time where it was like, oh, we need to start believing everything kids say. And it turned into a frenzy where they were like, what? She was flying? And then they started to ask him questions, but they were all pointed questions about different types of abuse. And he was just like, yeah, I guess. Like, I don't know, three or four-year-old. Then they send out a questionnaire to 200 parents in the school being like, ask your child all of these different things about whether they've experienced these specific types of physical and sexual abuse. And so the, the kids who like now the field of child psychology is very advanced and we know that they say a lot of things that are not true and to get the truth out of them, there's much more complicated than just giving them a fucking survey. Um, Mm. But this led to a, a, a national frenzy. So like over 100 preschools around the U.S. were like involved. And it's so like it, it's like this. Um, I mean, the most like overworked and underpaid people, preschool educators were singled out. But it led to like Dungeons and Dragons was singled out, like metal music, all of these different um, like causes were said to be tools for recruiting children into satanic rituals and the things that they said that they were doing to these children were basically every horrific thing you could imagine like from you know abuse to murder to blood sacrifice um for like pleasing their satanic gods like this was like national like discourse and like fully so how accepted. did it uh how did like on the survey were they saying um 
you know, like, was your butthole ever touched? Were you ever kissed yes. on the lips? Like things like that. So then did they, instead of, I would have thought that they said, oh my God, we've got a pedophile problem with the teachers. I'm wondering how did they make the jump from abuse to Satan is involved? Like, were they asking the kids, like, have you ever seen a, a devil with a tail in your classroom? Well, it was like, he said she was flying. And so they were like, well, and they were like, well, now we know that we have to believe everything kids say to protect the children. So other kids would say these like fantasy like things about their teacher, like she was, you know, yeah. upside down and on the walls or would they yeah. do stuff like that? Yeah, like, well, just I mean, it was just like, you know, I, I've I've worked with um, preschool age kids and, and I'm far from an expert. Um, there were certain moments where kids would like say certain things to me that I was like, maybe this is indicating like, you know, there's there's sort of trouble at home or, or whatever. Um, but they would also be like, like, I, I saw you in my house last night. Like they would just like say like two, two and three, like they'd be like, oh yeah, we were watching that show. I'm like, no, I was not with you watching that show. Like things like that. Yeah. Um, you know, they live in a beautiful, fantastical world um, of like imagination of their kids. Um, but it was, it led to like freaking where psychology was at in the eighties where they were like, okay, now we need to ask them. We need to like cover all kids, but it was all pointed questions. And so the kids were like, yeah. Huh. That God, that's like, I I could only imagine what happened. If that happened today, like, let's say that that survey and questionnaire didn't go out. I think you said in the 1980s, if it went out this year, I'm sure the exact same thing would happen. Like we haven't evolved much in the last 40 years. Totally. This whole, like the initial trial was one of the biggest trials that's ever happened in the U.S. And it's this poor, I'll post a photo of her, poor Virginia McMartin, who looks like the sweetest old lady. Um, she was on trial for seven years and it cost $15 million. And like, there were all these like experts coming about and like all the evidence that they were like pr presenting in her trial and all these trials were like random unrelated things like photo of a dead animal. Okay. They're doing animal sacrifices. Like kid said, teacher was flying. Obviously they're in a pact with the devil. Like like stuff that sounds like so hard to believe but also like not that far off from what the QAnon's been saying the last couple of years I'm seeing in your notes here too that the social worker developed a method uh using a anatomically correct doll and having kids point to what happened to them that's so funny I never knew that that trope came from there where you show someone a doll and you say show me what happened and of course everybody makes a beeline for the crotch you know yeah yeah exactly and like you know there's there's a lot of like um you know current science where like in order to like talk to kids who are like suspected for things to happen you like play you like play a game and whatever but this was like like so crude like so crude and like just basically designed so that of course it's going to plant ideas in their head or they're going to be like I don't even like what is satanic abuse like to a three-year-old they're going to be like I don't know okay yes no I don't know so all of these kids were um preschool kids like four or five they were preschool kids and this there were a hundred uh a hundred preschools that were investigated in this panic over the 80s 
So weird. Was there like a certain part of the country that uh, fed into it more than others? I'm thinking like New England with the Salem witch trials or something. Well, that's a really good question. I don't actually know like which parts of the U.S. Like I know that this this case uh, that started off was in California, but I know that Mm -hmm. it was kind of all through the U.S. and then eventually got so big that it was like across the world. So then like in the U.K., Mm -hmm. in Canada, like all different countries, it was like oh now like this person's also doing satanic abuse in this school like it was just it was like schools were like the hotbed specifically preschools of this whole thing um and dungeons and dragons wildly like like funny they're like you know who we they're like you know who's probably doing some bad stuff the teachers and the nerds you know what I mean I'm like no I think it's like the the politicians and the uh billionaires but back then they were like the teachers and the nerds get them yeah send them send them to church where nothing bad has ever happened that's what we (laughs) (laughs) Um, so so yeah this just this basically just went on um in this big wave and then it was sort of said to have died down in the 90s um but i would argue it never really died down it just sort of simmered and now has kind of like come back full force with QAnon. and so like i'm giving this whole backstory just to say like how much in my in my research of this how much this looked like QAnon today so like specifically what we were just talking about about how much QAnon focuses on children and abusing the children but like you now swap out okay instead of a preschool it's a it's a pizza place and instead of preschool educators it's like Hillary Clinton eating children yes i i um i think there's so many things that you swap out for example I was reading this book about the art of public shaming and they were basically saying that online cancellations are the same thing as like public executions that used to happen back in the day a bunch of people gather around you know what I mean like there's so many things we've done throughout history that are just repackaged online I will say I think um Pizzagate's a little bit different than QAnon the way that I think of it is that I think Pizzagate was directly tying these pizza chains to pedophiles. And I think QAnon is a little bit more of this idea that Donald Trump was the world's savior and he was going to um, drain the swamp and get rid of all of these people and stuff like that. But once again, like it does come from this idea of um, Pizzagate is more about the children and QAnon is more about like ridding the politicians of evil. And of course, Hollywood gets roped into that as well. But it's just absolutely bizarre. And I think what is sad is that you can't say that people are entirely wrong, right? Because what we've seen with Jeffrey Epstein, what we've seen with Kevin Spacey, what we see all the time is that- Harvey Weinstein, that sounds like a wild conspiracy. And there's vulnerable people being abused and there are children being trafficked by politicians, millionaires, billionaires, and I hate to say this word, but like the elite, you know what I mean? And they're literally flying around the world doing this and the fucking Prince Andrew is involved. So it's one of those things that you you have to love that Epstein was brought to light, but then you have to hate it because it enables so many people to think that all of these theories could be true. And then you have to, at the end of the day, be frustrated because Epstein was brought to light but nobody else in the Epstein case, they still want us to believe that Epstein was a trafficker who trafficked kids just to himself. So until that black book is revealed, you know, 
any one of these people could also technically have been involved with Epstein. And we just don't know because the media and journalists, they they just covered it up and put it away and they're not going to let anyone see. So in the meantime, because we don't have the true answers, you have people creating these wild theories and saying that, you know, every politician they don't like is eating and fucking a baby, which is crazy. Absolutely. Yes. And you bring up so many good points. Like, first of all, like you're kind of, you're making me realize, like, I want to backpedal because I think I'm just lumping like everything I don't like that's happening now under the QAnon umbrella, but like, it's not there. It goes like it, it, it's very far reaching. Um, and I mean, part of the reason why I started investigating this stuff in the first place was all those like spiritual girlies (laughs) and on TikTok, like saying things that sounded like, kind of like oh you know there's shadowy lizard people out there and we need to be aware of like low vibrational people like out to you know like out and they're in Hollywood and like just saying all these things and I'm like okay so there is a truth there that there are really bad things happening in Hollywood and some of it has been systematic um and covered up but there we need to disentangle that from lizard people (laughs) because that is where you get that's where you're you're crossing wires and and you're like that just straight up comes from like an anti-semitic trope of like basically like jews not being people and they're controlling everything and they're shadowy like it goes back like that goes back thousands of years but (laughs) there is the truth yeah it's it's i don't know i I kind of like it makes me a little little crazy I, i i'm curious too um I'm just assuming based off of last names that both Epstein and Weinstein were Jewish. Do you know if they were? I should know this having been obsessed with the cases. Oh, I hadn't even thought about that. I mean, probably like I, I want to say yeah, I'm like, just assuming from a Steen. Yeah. Unfortunately, like, um, oh, my God. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but but that's what I was going to say is, is despite those last names to me reading as Jewish, I haven't really heard anything online, anyone online saying like it's because of Jewish people doing this. But you do have that idea that, you know, powerful people are. It's even like when you use the word elite, like I feel so like scummy using the word like yeah. the global elite. But at the same time, how could you not use it? Because there is an elite group of people in our society. I would just argue that the only thing bonding them together, it's not race, it's not ethnicity, it's not where they live. It's just people who have shit tons of money. And the elite is really just the 1%. Um, But then you get weird people who get into fucking like race theory and all of this crazy stuff. I mean, people will really tie anything together to try to group certain people, certain characteristics into being evil and it's just like we should just agree that anyone who's super rich and powerful is going to bend the rules and i don't know i wish that there was a different word other than elite because i do feel like a nutter when i say that no it's true and like you know even just pointing to um like them being jewish like that's another thing where it's like those two things get get mixed together because because the fact is there are a lot of Jews in Hollywood and there are a lot of Jews in banking. And the reason for that is like, because they weren't Jew, we weren't a lot. I'm saying we, I, I, did, I was, I'm a Jewish person now, not in like, yeah. you know, in past millennia, but like Jews were not allowed to do most jobs like, or be involved with many parts of society. So they had, they had to go to like banking and like things like that, that it was seen as like, 
kind of like dirty to like deal with the money. So it was like, okay, they were sort of cast off. And so, oh wait, that by the way, that's so interesting. I never knew that. Yeah, yeah, and 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 also like, I mean, by the way, this whole like um, eating children thing. Um, the first known like origins that I could find of it was, um, I think it was like just after. I think it was like um, 40 AD, or I guess you say CE now. Um, but it was it was Christians um, saying that Jews do satanic rituals um, where they they crave the blood of Christian children and they need to fulfill this and like that's what they're out doing so any disappearance any child anything bad that happened to a child they'd be like oh yeah it's 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 the jews huh wait so was this in the bible uh old testament i'm guessing no no this was like after so this is like um i mean the term for it is um blood libel so that is the that okay yeah i have it in my notes here so um it's called blood libel and it's the, it's it is this theory and now um blood libel sometimes is used to describe just like unfounded accusations basically um but i think a lot of jewish groups are trying to just keep it like strictly for that because it has like a very specific um connotation but it's like again like this sounds so like it sounds so in line with like some of the wilder like conspiracy theories that are thrown around today um and like I will. I will also just add one more thing: is that the reason why these these theories were thought up were um, thought up in the first place was it was to other them. It was to like create basically a scapegoat for complex social issues. Yeah, the whole idea of um, as much as I try to preach the fact that we have so many things in common and so many things we all agree on and we are very similar in ways and we're all flawed individuals, that type of rhetoric never gets far. You know what gets really far? Saying we are good, other people are evil, here's bad things, here's all of our differences and why our differences are the most important hill to die on and things like that. I mean, it's just, it's always been beneficial to people throughout time to to separate and other others it's just like wild we're never gonna get anywhere <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> it's like rude. we're always looking for a quick fix and like a quick scapegoat mm-hmm. for our problems like that's yeah that's always the case like I think it's such like human nature to do that especially now like the last couple of years have been so crazy like everyone's just like tired and like feeling kind of like the world's falling apart and just looking for answers you know yeah yeah Good God. Okay. Well, that's very interesting because I have always heard from so many people that uh, a a lot of conspiracy theories too, and I'd be curious for your take on this because I know that a lot of them go back and they have anti-Semitic roots. Um, I also have gotten in trouble before for conspiracy theories having racist roots that I didn't know of. For example, I feel like the most iconic um, conspiracy theory is that the pyramids were built built by aliens, aliens. And I've had people say that that's a racist thing to say, because then it's implying or inferring that black people in Africa couldn't possibly have been capable enough to build the pyramids, which I kind of push back on because people also think that Stonehenge was built by the aliens. And that was in a very wealthy area of England. Like they've dug up the soil and those were like wealthy people there. And they still are like, you know what, those people, there's no way they could have done Stonehenge back in the day. Same with Atlantis and all of this stuff. Um, But it's hard to know because of course you never want to offend anyone. But then there's also some things where before I found out the anti-Semitic roots of lizard people, I was just like, how funny that people think 
lizards are on earth. Like you would have had no idea that it had anything to do with Jewish roots until you go all the way back through history and then find it out. So I think a lot of people just are confused by that where something's dangerous only when you look into the historical origins of it and you might not think it's dangerous, but there's some guy who listens to it and he goes, exactly, you know, that that agrees with whatever rabbit hole I was on online. It's another feather in my cap about this. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, okay, like, I, I have to say, I, I only learned about all this stuff in recent years. Like, I also didn't know. I thought lizard people was a silly little, I also thought it was just like a fun little thing that people say. I like, thought it was about like ugly people who looked bad, you know, like <laughs> Queen Elizabeth, her skin is all like wrinkly. She must be a lizard person. I didn't think at all that had anything to do with Jewish people. No, and, and same with the, I heard the pyramids thing. I thought that was a funny little like conspiracy. Like I, I was just, I thought this was all like fun and games. And then it was, yeah, it was pointed out. This is the origins of it. Um, I think, you know, we we do our best being commentators on all these things to do our, our due diligence. But like, I'm always going to have slip ups and like, you know, we are we are trying to like learn and like, you know, correct ourselves. But also, but also I think sometimes too, it is important to push back. You know, is it, is it, racist to say that aliens built the pyramids i think if you push back and you say no it has nothing at all to do with human capability of any race what it has to do with is the technology the wheel the lever the amount of time that it was built in the fact that when you think about aristotle and plato that's ancient to you and the pyramids were ancient to them that's how yeah. far away the pyramids were even Aristotle and Plato couldn't fathom how they were built. They were really built a long time ago. It also has to do with the fact that the pyramids are built on these different energy points on the globe. Like there's just some things where it has nothing at all to do with the fact of, um, I don't think human beings of one race are or aren't capable of this. It just has to do with times in history, the technology we did and didn't have nothing to do with the human abilities. And also the fact that they line up on these areas of the globe that make people go, holy shit, how did they, we only found out, you know, 2000 years after that they were built on a very important part. So how did people back then know? So I don't know, obviously you never want to offend someone, but I think if you explain a conspiracy theory well and you don't just do like how could they have built the pyramids but if instead you get deep into it then i think it has more credence yeah yeah i mean and it's it, it's tough to like i i would have been i mean I, I was really shocked when i found out that lizard lizard people is not just a fun silly thing to say but like do you know um emily do you know the history of that like do you know when the first like lizard I don't know, theory popped up, like what year it was, like, was it in fucking Germany or something? Oh, uh, I don't know. I, 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 I will, I'm going to like put a pin in well, this because yeah. I, because I want to keep, I, I want to keep kind of like digging into this stuff. Like it's been, it's, it's been just something that's like fascinated me forever. Um, and I didn't want to talk about it publicly for exactly all these things we're saying. Like, I didn't want to like, I'm not trying to offend people. I'm not trying to like perpetuate whatever, but also I'm like the, this is all, this is all happening and I would like to analyze it. So I don't know. I'm, I, I would like to look into that, um, kind of a related segue. Um, but I want to like sort of fast forward to like where we are now. Um, the London school of economics did a survey and I think it's very interesting. Um, Ooh. it's, they did in 2022 in the U S and they um, asked for like people's political beliefs and then asked them just like these kind of like conspiracy related questions. So 
they were asked on a scale to say whether they thought it was like extremely untrue to extremely true basically or like something more official sounding so the first statement satanic ritual sex abuse is widespread in this country 25 25 percent strongly agreed or agreed and interestingly enough equal numbers of democrats and republicans said they agree um don't you have to wonder too like um i wonder what the demographics on religion are for those folks because like I think if you take politics out of it, like satanic ritual sex abuse, I don't believe that satanic shit exists. So like, let's start there. You know what I mean? So I wonder, like, is this, um, obviously, it, it looks like it's equal split between left and right. What's the split between like atheists and people who are very uh, Catholic? Really good point, because I, like I've talked to people who grew up Catholic who are like, because of my upbringing like I kind of fear like possession and like any movies that have to do with like the devil and people being possessed I like can't handle and like for me like I was raised Jewish we were told the devil's not that I mean the devil isn't isn't not a concept so I that doesn't scare me at all like uh, yeah and it that is so interesting um I would like to read more like uh, read um an in-depth study because I read their kind of summary of it but they had a more like kind of detailed academic article um i i kind of feel like <laughs> this is a rabbit hole that i'm just going to be down for a while um yeah i mean let me know what you find out because 25 percent, like oh god what's going on there's like a quarter of us who believe this it's like not great <laughs> yeah and i mean like you know there's they they point out there's like flaws in the study like it was only people that volunteered to do the study the study oh, but still yeah but still they they asked like this is the london school of economics this is not like yahoo news or whatever like <laughs> um but okay so the second statement members of satanic cults secretly abuse thousands of children every year 33 percent agreed either agreed or strongly agreed I don't well, you have... know what's crazy is like if you take away members of satanic cults and you just say like members of the church secretly abuse thousands of children every year, I feel like that would be true. So you know what I mean? I'm like, why do we have to make it satanic? It could just be religious overall. Yes. And just another another thing to complicate things, which is everything that we're finding out about the, the Catholic Church and everything they've covered up. It also sounds outlandish like maybe if, like satan is inside of the church like there's a pope who full-on like actively covered up a lot of abuse that was going on in the vatican and it's just like i don't know i feel like when people say satanic that's their way to push it off and be like it's not us it's someone who's satanic and it's like maybe you're the satanic cult you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> maybe when you have one finger pointing to someone and calling them satan you have four fingers pointing back at you <laughs> yeah pointing right up someone's ass maybe you know what I mean <laughs> yeah. Yeah. seriously no I know um okay so this is interesting the next statement um now this is speaking of like the layers of truth and untruth the Disney corporation grooms children into sexualized lifestyles 26 percent agreed but of the whole makeup of the people taking the survey um, 36% of the Republicans taking the survey agreed and only 23% of Democrats. So a little different on the Disney question, which I thought was interesting. 
Yeah, um, I feel like that. Also, like, for, I find the whole idea of grooming is something that's like very trending right now. Like, all Republicans are so scared about grooming. And for me, I don't think that the Disney Corporation grooms people, but I think that they've got a lot of perverts in the animation studio. You know what I mean? There are some parts of Disney movies where I'm like, it did not need to be that sexual. Um, oh, but uh, it, that's the thing. 100%. Is it grooming? children or is it like some sort of horny animator that you didn't run a background check on <laughs> yeah like how like how are you interpreting exactly how are you interpreting that statement because for me like if I think about like um Brittany and and Justin all the early like Ma Mickey Mouse Club kids and just mm -hmm. growing up I just feel like they're lucky to have even survived like what they went through and they were very sexualized by like the media um so by that token, yeah, okay, them being Disney kids put them in this sort of like lifestyle where they were unfortunately very sexualized. But when people are answering this, are they thinking like, oh, underground networks at Disneyland itself or like Disney's ideas? Well, there's a lot of people, um, I think it was the Netflix movie called Cuties, it might have been, where it was like children who were in a dance competition, there was twerking involved, things like that. And a lot of people talk about that with grooming. Um, there's even children's toys and there have been some creepy toys going yes. on where there's a button at the private parts, you press it and they go, uh-oh, or whoopsie, or you take the clothes off and they're wearing painted on lingerie and stuff like that. And that's creepy. Yeah, yeah that's weird. I don't know why it exists. Um, but these people who say that, it's part of the elite trying to groom children. Just as a marketer, I always think, well, how do you track that? If that's your call to action, how do you track the engagement? Like every year, do you see how many kids suck dick? And then you're like, we did it. We're up by 3%. And it looks like it was mostly because of the dolls at Target and a little bit because of the Frozen movie. Like there's no way to track that. So what's the goal here? Just like vaguely trying to make everyone more horny in the hopes that one day you'll profit off of it. Like, it's just such a, here's the thing. If, if you wanted to groom all kids and have like kids and teens be more sexually fluid and out there, that is the most lofty goal to do in the world. Like you really think a couple Disney movies are going to have that big of an impact? I, I don't know. I just, every time I see a conspiracy theory, I try to look at it from the point of view of the evil person and be like, okay, like, are they getting it, this done? Like, does it work? I always write off adrenochrome because I go, if adrenochrome was real, Nancy Pelosi would look a hell of a lot hotter. So that's why I think it's not real. Let's like start there. It, yeah. Is Disney grooming kids? Like, could they possibly, even if every movie they put out was porn, like, would they still be grooming kids? <laughs> that's got like a really hard goal to try to get every kid to like be open to sex. Yeah. And well, and a wild amount of people agree. And like that, okay, like talking about like the lofty goals of it all, like, so there's some things, you know, we know now are true that we're like a big organized ring, like the Harvey Weinstein company, but that's like, one company so it's easy to contain like it's easy to control a company for a certain amount of time especially like before the internet but yeah widespread nationwide theories it's like well yeah wouldn't you have wish whistleblowers from the toy companies or the movies that the tv shows if if that's true and the entire world is trying to groom children there must be about like ninety thousand people you have to keep quiet about it uh, totally and like I always think about um someone I know who worked in parliament um in Canada like our like White House um and they were like half of these conspiracy theories just like 
these politicians can barely open their email. Do you think they're also capable and competent enough to run a secret ring? They can barely do their job and make it to the office, let alone also be running like five elaborate underground trafficking rings but you know what then that's the thing with conspiracy theorists would be like they're so bad at their job because they spend all their time (laughs) molesting (laughs) yeah like well and that okay so that right there like that is the danger that i see like in so many parts of like internet like conspiracy theories like spiritual stuff it's like oh if you're if you're doubting it that's what they want you to do it's like, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, then you can't. Then okay. So no one, anyone doubting it is like one of them. What do you mean? You know? How wild is that? I mean, it's just you have to say like, man, they really did it. Because like, once you're a believer, you're a believer to the end. Like, taught QAnon people the way they would listen to Donald Trump's speeches. Okay, Emily, say a sentence. Say literally any sentence, and I'll put it through a QAnon translator right now. So like, say any normal non QE sentence that Donald Trump could say in a speech about anything oh, that Donald Trump could say um oh like um yeah like, like something like oh yeah like, working on the roads or something oh yeah yeah relation relations uh with China are going very well <laughs> okay relations with China are going well what he means is that he's brokering a deal with China to stop the sexual relations with kids it's very obvious that that's what he's saying and that's what people would do with any single sentence that Donald Trump would come out with it was like this perverted conspiracy mad libs and any sentence even when he said to Ghislaine Maxwell I wish her well People took that and they said, it's tongue in cheek. He's saying it because he doesn't wish her well. And I was like, you guys are insane. Like he just wished Ghislaine Maxwell, the trafficker, well. That's not a good sentence. Like, oh my God. (laughs) It's like, yeah. I mean, it's, it's so, I know it's so maddening too. And like, I guess it's sort of like a theme of like this episode that everything that we're saying that's like outlandish also some elements of truth are in there because also while like Donald Trump, yeah, was barely intelligent enough to like, you know, string a sentence together. He was putting out some dog whistles that are like, you know, to like the proud boys or whatever. Like he was saying occasional things that were like, I guess like a a signal, like, or I even, um, I, I said the silent majority the other day, I was talking about something like related to celebrities. Um, and someone DM me and they're like, that's a Trump dog whistle. Like, and I was like, oh, like, wait, what? what? No, that person sounds insane. People have said the word silent majority for like years before Trump. Okay. I was like, well, I, <laughs> I made like some bold statements about American politics and then people got upset and I was like, uh, maybe I'm, I'll st- stay out of this. Like, oh, wait, what was, what was the statement? Tell me as an American. Or, or actually, no, I, you know what? I did actually learn from this. I was talking about like Sydney Sweeney and I was just like writing off oh, a yeah. lot of the, the controversy um like with her like family and being at like the the MAGA like birthday party and then I think I forget like as much as I'm glued to the news and I know what's going on in the U.S. I do forget just how wild things are with politics for you guys like the the stakes like there's a lot of fucked up things happening in Canada but like the politicians are not wild and out no one's doing it like Trump or like, you know, um, yeah, well, like Trump. And so, you know, I just had people being like, look, like, as someone who's like, queer person of color, like our 
we feel like our safety's threatened like being around people that like don't like think we're valid or like think now they're emboldened by trump to be racist to be violent whatever like and so it's not for you to say like oh you know lighten up huh interesting i guess i i completely understand that point too but i think that you are correct that there is a silent majority or not to use that word but basically half of the country is republican and half the country is democratic and if half of the country is republican and that makes you feel threatened for your safety i think acknowledging that half of the you should be able to acknowledge that half of the country is republican without people saying that makes me feel unsafe because that is just a fact that we're dealing with and i mean we just saw it recently with the elections you have to be aware that that is what is going on with half of the country otherwise you're back into a 2016 statement where trump fucking wins which blew everyone away but because we weren't aware we didn't have a good pulse on the reality of the country everybody was so shocked so i think post 2016 we at least want to be in a world where it's very disheartening what trump has done it's very disheartening to see things like anti-semitism and hate and racism rise but we also have to be aware that it is rising and to talk about people who do believe in that because otherwise you know you just push it down act like it doesn't happen and then you get completely flabbergasted and heartbroken when the elections happen yeah it runs really deep and like um it's it's kind of ironic because i was saying the silent majority of people are kind of like pretty normal and rational um and what i was thinking of specifically was molly mcpherson who i've had on the podcast like she does like she runs a pr agency she's the pr person i love her she's She's great best she's the best love her but she actually she was saying this in relation to like online hate and like cancellation all that stuff and and stuff that we you and i deal with of just like dealing with (laughs) dealing with the freaking crazies online um and all of their opinions like coming at us um where she was like look 80 percent of people are pretty normal and pretty rational 10 percent are like gonna love everything that you do or like the subject does and they're like fans no matter what 10 percent are gonna hate everything no matter what and be like you know going off being outlandish like threat threats all this stuff and so she's like you have to like ignore like the 10 percent on either side because they're going to be the loudest but like remember the 80 percent like in the middle it's so true it's so true you have to think of that with a bell curve and also i think any conversation you have with someone in real life just goes a lot better than any conversation you have online because you can't read tone you can't read so many things like that so yeah anyway i i get i get what that person is saying and um I I definitely agree that things have gotten so much worse since Trump entered the scene. It was like one of the worst things that could have happened to us. But I also don't think that you ever say anything with like ill intention or yeah. I mean, I don't I don't think you say it. Trust me, as someone who has been like politically independent, I don't think you say anything vaguely Republican or hateful at all. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it was more like not Republican, but like kind of discounting people's like feelings. And, and I was just like, OK, you know what? I do like. I was I was raised to be like so so alert to anti-Semitism like like a little too a little too alert like basically like well hey I mean it's what you grow up with you know what I mean like of course I, you would be aware of it I know but like basically like have your have your bags packed like not which is like <laughs> not in so many words but like you know it's not it's not a healthy level of anxiety to like grow up with like 
okay okay the amount, of, the amount of holocaust education i received like before the age of 10 and i know i'm like not the only jewish kid to, like about Wait, this Emily, did you know there are so many and i didn't know this until i um was dating a jewish guy recently there are so many schools that do not teach the, about the holocaust in the states um i yes i i'm actually so i'm actually i'm not surprised um because i went um when i was a kid i went to summer camp right across the border um and i i think i was like 12 and i mentioned the holocaust and and then or no i was like 13 and someone was like what is the holocaust and i was like you've never heard you've never heard of it like to be fair i guess we were 13 at the time but like i was just so surprised i was like even when you're a kid like you hear there's like war and stuff i i don't know to me i have... well, I mean how do you teach someone about world war ii without talking about the holocaust like i just find it insane like that's always been a part of my curriculum growing up but some people like literally don't teach it to people i find that bizarre and very insidious well i mean also considering like how a lot of schools like refuse to teach like sex education or like about racism like i'm not i guess i'm also uh, this this speaks to like how disheartened i am about the world i'm like yeah i also don't I think if you're like, don't say gay and ban critical race theory, I also don't think you're like doing a good job with like Holocaust education, you know? Yeah, I guess so. I guess I just think like, how do you talk about the Civil War without talking about slavery? And then how do you talk about World War II without talking about the Holocaust? Like, I'm just like, do they only talk about it for a day rather than like an entire month? It's just, who knows? Well, uh, I mean- my perspective on it so like for anyone listening who doesn't know like um you know i live in quebec and there's been a lot of quebec separatist movements that have gone uh, that have that run really deep and there was even multiple votes on it like it's a big thing and so like growing up uh, even in school i was starting to become like kind of critical i was in my adbusters phase and i was like fight the system but i was like i was like what we're learning is propaganda like it was literally like the french are incredible like they came to north america the english were terrible and they did like horrible things to them and oh yeah a couple of friendly native americans helped them out um and i was just like what is this like and i think yeah so like seeing just how biased like that was i i guess there's just a lot like i don't know my my um my dad always says like you know history is written by like the the victorious or by you know yeah the winners write the history but like I even with us too like the pilgrims coming over and they had a happy Thanksgiving with everyone I'm like now I look back on it and I'm like was Sacagawea like extorted into helping Lewis and Clark like I just don't think everything was above the book back then oh sorry um yeah totally and like uh, another I mean funny enough another thing so this is like another thing my my dad's really passionate about is that the history of Russians involvement in World War II is like greatly ignored like basically he's like they without them like there would have never been a victory he's like 20 million Russians died fighting in World War II and the sheer volume of them fighting and dying is what wait really... wait what do you mean there would have been a victory for... or sorry like the the they wouldn't there wouldn't have been a victory over the Nazis Oh, yeah, I was going to say, I'm like, I'm pretty sure Russia was in the Axis. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, if it wasn't for their help, we would have never won. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> no, I know. I'm sorry. I'm kidding. <laughs> but a lot of a lot of history scrambled up here. But like, he, anyway, he he's just very passionate about how this is not honored and this is not talked about enough. And the the angle is like because of I guess like the Cold War. This is sort of like discounted. But he's like these are people's lives and this should be really featured very heavily whenever we talk about World War II. And I'm like, huh, okay, yeah, I so hadn't thought about it. So hold on, 20 million Russians died during World War II. Yeah. I mean, wait, oh my God, should I do a quick, this is what, I mean, my dad, I'm like, he is. I mean, I I don't know much about history facts. I'm just thinking of like how many um, Jews died in the Holocaust. Wasn't it 6 million? Yeah. I mean, that's in the camps. This was like on the battlefield. Um, My dad is a professor. uh, What was a, is a retired professor, not a history one. (gasps) Oh my God. They say it's more 27 million world war ii losses of the soviet union from all related causes both civilian and military ah yeah yeah over 15 percent of its population and that's only with 16 million they say they say that it's more good lord yeah so so because of this and 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 what's so weird is that i've never heard people talk about this other than my dad like um yeah and and because you know and he gets like he gets he's gotten like teary-eyed talking about this he's not russian but he just like feels very passionately about this um he talks about like on the battlefield they had people that their only jobs were to like shoot people that turn back like they just would send <gasps> in like people like so many people that they're and like not all of them had weapons like it was literally just like sheer numbers and that's how we're gonna like win this thing and so the fact that that's left out i'm like yeah, of course, you could definitely leave out the Holocaust or like spin this how you want because th- this is something that happened that we never talk about. Oh my God, that's a very interesting way to look at it. How crazy. And I feel like, um, I don't know, I, f- I feel like we should almost be getting like yearly history educations after we graduate. Like, I just think that when you, the more you learn about war, like we we can never have another war another world and i mean there currently is one happening in ukraine of course and it's just like i don't understand how anyone could i don't know just the horrors that happen in war i don't understand how anyone could ever let it get to that place and sometimes i have really emily radikowski ideas about how like if women were in charge would this ever be happening i just think that like there's such a emotional toll and i just feel like so many guys especially now that war isn't up close it's done with drones and guns from far away and bombs and you get to remove yourself so much from the atrocities if world war three happened today i don't know if we would survive it well no and like you know um like oh my god i'm getting i'm gonna i'm like how how off track should I get us? Like, oh yes, yeah. so, whoops, satanic. Uh, no, panic. no, no, no. Because I, I do like, I am, I am a history buff. Like, I have a lot of things to say. To me, um, World War Three already occurred due to like the Cold War and all the proxy wars that were fought all over the world between U.S. and Russian forces, like in different like developing countries that they were like fighting for control. That's just like that's a whole other. Ooh, Emily, thing. that would be a good episode. You should do that. Oh my god, just guys, do you want to? Do you want to know about history? I love history. I don't know because this is a pop. Usually, it's like pop culture, and I'm like, we're not here to learn. We're just here to vibe. This is a very learning podcast. Yeah, no, I it. like history too. Yeah, um, let me know. But no, I I really do see it as having been fought out. The amount of proxy wars that were fought out like 
in south america africa like all over and how many people died to me that is a world war just in sheer numbers and where it spread out and then i see like the current like it war so to speak basically being like globalization where it's like people aren't going to go in with tanks and like i declare war with my bayonet or whatever Mm -hmm. (laughs) like they're like economically taking over other countries and that's how they're like being dominant um, Dude, you're so right. That's very interesting. It's a very much like gorilla Trojan horse type of style that's going on because right anytime somebody does war, the United Nations says, oh, no, you're not allowed to do that. But if you take over a country's economy, the United Nations isn't going to be like, uh, you're not allowed to do that. Yeah, if you're calling all the shots and uh, you're, yeah, you're extracting all the resources and you're making your country rich off of them getting poor, like that sounds like you control, you control things to me. Oh. So that is like that that is like well I guess in my theory that is like the the next world war that's like currently kind of going on it's just like basically can I ask who who's winning (laughs) no (laughs) no oh my god I don't like well I mean um, unfortunately like the 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 people bearing the brunt of this are like you know the poor countries that are being like taken over but it's like but like uh, not to like not to um like trivialize like our lives but like no one in the like within north america seems to be okay either like no one's like yes because of this happening i am living peacefully and so well like mm, it, it just yeah. seems like every like it just seems like capitalism really fucks everyone over um and obviously like poor countries um minorities like people like so many people get way 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 more fucked over but like truly it's like we're all like i feel like i don't know on a sinking everything's slipping away you know we never even had health insurance now nobody's acting like nobody's ever going to be able to own a house i for sure feel like i'll never be able to own a house in my lifetime and then you get the mental health too as a complete doozy so it's like you're not physically cared for you're not mentally cared for and also do you have four walls and a roof over your head only if you rent for the rest of your life and it's like we're all not doing okay yeah yeah and that's what i'm trying to say like without you know like um instead of satanic panic we're like satanic depression we're gonna make everyone (laughs) sad (laughs) yeah i'm like you know what and 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 as far as like the actual church of satan goes like it seems like they have a pretty good thing going like i don't know maybe they do (laughs) they're kind of existing unrelated to any of this but maybe they have the answers i don't know well, something that I've been nervous of, maybe because I grew up Catholic, but um, is the idea that every time you have a sex dream, that's the devil, like it's a demon or a succubus fucking you. And it's the type of thing where it's like, not gonna lie, like they know exactly where all my spots are. And like, I would love for them to come back. I'd love to have a standing weekly appointment with them. So if that's what Satan is doing, it's honestly like making me feel kind of good. <laughs> maybe maybe this is like very um disrespectful to catholics um maybe i'm just gonna offend everyone with this so don't worry i'll I'll represent Uh, the catholics um but i kind of feel like everyone that i've known who's come out of that um childhood has come out like either with some hang-ups or with some like wild (laughs) like thoughts yeah like like either really kinky or like you masturbate at age 32 and you still feel guilty afterwards you know (laughs) yeah (laughs) or a mix of the two i don't know why choose but like (laughs) kind of feel like everyone comes out 
un- no one comes out unscathed. Um, yeah. So we've been on like a very wild, wild journey here. Right, yeah. Um, and I want to like, I want to just bring it back. Um, I want to end it on a note of going back for a second here to the uh, current state of the world um, and satanic panic. And I want to briefly just make fun of Kat Von D and her involvement in all of this. Ooh, yeah, tell me <laughs> um, about it. I don't know about this one. Well, so I was I was looking at like, okay, what kind of celebrities subscribe to conspiracy theories? And as far as like the more insidious ones, it's just the sort of like losery Z-list celebrities. I'm like, I'm sure there's people that believe things but know to keep their mouths shut. Um, Kat Von D, this was such a small... Um, blip in the radar of something that, that she said because I don't think people even really like her that much at this point to begin with but she said this a while back when I had started my investigation into all this and I was like wait a minute um, she <laughs> did this Instagram post basically letting people know that she's subscribing to this like moral panic so I'll just read some of it um, where so she posts a photo of all these books about Wicca (laughs) tarot cards. And she said, I don't know if any of you have been going through changes in your life right now, but in the last few years, I've come to some pretty meaningful realizations. Many of them revolving around the fact that I got a lot of things wrong in my past. Okay, whatever. We're all allowed to change. So then she goes on to talk about how she used to love the macabre. And I was like, yeah, girl, like that was your whole thing. Um, Can I, wh- what is the macabre? Is that how you say it? What is it? Yeah. Macabre is like, um, like sort of like grim and it's sort of like goth kind of stuff or creepy. It's like skulls and like. Oh, okay. Like punk rocker stuff. Yeah. It's like kind of like the, like going to a cemetery to like hang out or something. Like it's just okay. the sort of like, yeah. Or being. I don't know, like, like being dark, inter- spooky stuff. Yeah, being interested in like morgues or something like that. But that's okay. like, yeah. Um, but yeah, so then within this, um, so then she says, <laughs> um, I've always found beauty in the macabre, but at this point, I just have to ask myself, what is my relationship with this content? And the truth is, I just don't want to invite any of these things into our family's lives, even if it just comes disguised in beautiful covers, collecting dust on my shelves. Um, So all the witch books, she's like getting rid of them. So yeah. And then she goes on to say right now, it's never been more clear to me that there is a spiritual battle taking place. And I want to surround myself and my family with love and light. (laughs) Yeah. I've seen stuff like that online where people are like, you know, if you do X, Y, Z and, and once again, I'm sure you see this all the time. It comes with a low bri- vibrational, high vibrational, um, like no nut November, right? There's some people who are like, ah, take, take some time off from jerking off. And then there's other people who are like, every time you watch porn, it's the devil. And I think it's somewhere in the middle where, Hey, it's all in good fun. That being said, some of the women in porn are being trafficked or are victims of abuse. So you have to be careful of which sites you're on and which, you know, places you're getting it from. I don't think it's the devil, but I think sometimes it's a sinister in- industry. Just know what's going on in it. Well, that is, yeah. And I, and I would agree. And that is very different from saying if you're jerking it, you are a low vibrational, you're opening yourself to low, low vibrational you're forces. Coming with the devil. Yeah. Coming right on him. Your high vibrational <laughs> toy is inviting in low vibrational energy. <laughs> Shut up, wait, you need to make that into a bumper sticker. Put up, okay. <laughs> 
This is what happens when we're like three hours into recording. <laughs> Get a little vibrational toy. It's in my low vibrational energy. <laughs> That's basically what these like women lead coaches are saying. Um, okay, but I just want to one more thing about this cap on D. So I zoomed in on some of the books because they're kind of hard to see. Mm-hmm. One of them is Be Here Now by Ram Das, who's like I don't know if you've read like it's a very it's just like a it's like a book about Hinduism and like his journey like basically from psychedelics and then kind of like letting that go and getting into a life of like meditation um Mm -hmm. that books about witchcraft and then the cosmic serpent which is a an anthropological it like takes place in Peru and it's this an anthropological look at like the history of like shamanism and psychedelics and like she's so Kat Von D is like putting all this up, being like, I'm getting rid of this because there's a spiritual battle taking place. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> Isn't that even the tarot cards too? Tarot is like, I don't, I just find that absolutely bizarre. Not to mention, I think it's funny that there's probably some people out there too who are like, there's a spiritual battle taking place. So we need to cast even more spells. You know what I mean? Have you seen that guy who yeah. um, challenged the TikTok uh witches like a month ago yeah or he was like he was like none of this is real like if it's real then like smite me down right now like for a month I'm gonna disown like disavow this and say it isn't true and then people were like and then a month later he came back and he's like see like I told you guys to curse me and nothing happened to me and then a bunch of other people started stitching it and they were like bro I've been casting protection spells on you all month that's why you're (laughs) safe you know so it was like the battle of him being (laughs) cursed and protected (laughs) oh my god there's like that is the real spiritual battle is like is like (laughs) stitching tiktokers like disagreeing like (laughs) i will agree with her that like the last few years have been really messed up i think a lot of people i know i've had moments of derealization depersonalization everyone's felt weird and bizarre we were also in solitary confinement circumstances for a little bit there was you know, public widespread panic because of the pandemic and things like that. And also I think, I do think if I have to get hokey about anything, I think that there is a battle for our attention span and our time. You have every single tech company and content person trying to get your eyes glued to a screen for longer and longer. I sound like someone who went vegan for a week and thinks they're better than everyone but yeah even just taking a break off of these things for a week you do feel different like your brain does get rewired on social media oh no that is a very highly proven thing like that's not that's not hokey at all um and 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 i agree and even i mean this is not i'm not cat von d being like throwing my tarot cards out the window um (laughs) but like but i have been kind of like atoning in a way uh to use a religious like perspective like I've been so 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 spiritual in the past and now I'm like shedding most of that I would say there's some Mm -hmm. things that are still always going to be very important to me and like I will I have a connection to force that's bigger than myself but there's a certain level I realized that I was living where I was like oh I manifested this good and bad and essentially like putting a moral value like where really just turned into me just blaming myself if bad things happen I'm like I thought this so bad things happened oh my man manifesting I'm literally doing something on this later but I had to get off of that side of TikTok because even I recently went through a breakup and anytime I thought of my ex and being sad about him I was like oh my god I'm like not cutting the energetic ties and I'm letting him take up my energetic space and I'm like blah 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 and then I would shame myself for feeling bad stuff it down 
feel even worse. Or sometimes you're nervous for a job interview and you're like, oh my God, like, I hope, like, what if I mess up? And then you go, now that means I'm manifesting the fact that I'm going to mess up and it turns into this toxic positivity. So yeah, I agree with you. It gets really insidious there. Yeah. Like, and I just, I can be kind of extremist, like, which is why I, I try to like, look at these things and, and analyze them. Partly I'm like looking at myself and feeling like, oh my God, how did I subscribe to all these cults? But yeah, I had years of like doing like moon rituals and journaling and, and like, whatever. I still love, I still love astrology. I still love tarot cards, but like, it was really creating this world where like, I'm thinking everything into existence. And so like, I'm, carrying this weight that now like I don't feel that weight on me like I'm, I'm such a happier person than when I was like always working on my spiritual being and doing shadow work and whatever same I found a lot of relief in just the phrase of like if it's meant to be it's meant to be which is almost the opposite of manifestation like almost that idea of you have a predestined future I don't think it's true I think we have control over our lives but I will say sometimes after all of this stupid manifestation obsession it is really fun to sometimes kick back and say ah it's already planned for me somebody else figured it out you know because you just want to let go of the reins you don't want to have to think and determine your destiny every second of every day with your mind Totally. Totally. I know. Sometimes I want to like haunt some of these like coaches, especially when they start talking about like illnesses and how you can like control that. Like I, I kind of want to like haunt them with my dead mom and be like, wow, I guess she was really bad at manifesting. <laughs> like, Isn't you that know, crazy. Well, we're doing, and I'm curious for your thoughts on this. And I know we've gone over, so sorry. I keep talking your ear off, but um, <laughs> no, no, it's okay. Manifestation and the placebo effect. I'm, I'm working on an episode for it next month. And it is crazy because there have been examples of people thinking themselves better and then getting so stressed out that they give themselves an ulcer and things like that. But once again, like, how do you explain horrible things that happen, like kids who have leukemia or something like that? Like, you can't say that that's judged by anyone thinking themselves into it or not thinking themselves out of it. So it just gets really toxic. Well, and that, so part of my disengaging from all the spiritual stuff is all of the death and illness that's happened around me in the last couple of years of being like, well, mm. <laughs> like no one manifested this. No one thought this up. This literally just happened. It's very unfortunate. Um, and it, and it is the case and it's the same. And then it, it just makes me think of like the same thing for, yeah, kids, any, anything bad happening. And I'm like, uh, here I am just being this, like, <laughs> just another white lady being like, I thought this thing. So that's why good things happen to me. <laughs> it's like, yeah. you know, like it's, so it's like, I've been pretty cringy in the past. And so like, yeah, placebo effect can be a thing. Um, I also think at the same time, like there are spiritual things that still happen in my life. Like I've been, you know, like there it's like, there's layers to it. Like I think about like, um, yeah, like I feel like I get signs from my dead relatives like and I feel like they speak there's certain things that happen that I'm like okay this is either the wildest coincidence or I'm like hey how's it going like checking in there's that so at, and at the same time me um whatever like not manifesting enough is not the reason why I didn't get the brand deal you know yeah <laughs> yeah, I know exactly what you mean. And I feel like there's some things where even as a kid, step on a crack, break your mother's back, yeah. you know, it like yeah. puts these weird paranoia thoughts yeah. into your head. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, it puts a, a moral value and it puts like the onus on you to be like a good person, which is just, that's 
religion. That's also pur- puritanical. Puritanical right? religion. That, that idea of, yeah, if you sin, you go to hell. And if you do good deeds, then you go to heaven. So, I mean, it's been around since forever. Hashtag satanic panic. We were able to take it back. <laughs> we were able to, <laughs> we were able to take it back. If anyone is still here after this like wild journey. I mean, yeah, this was like, this was so fascinating to me. I'm also so glad you're doing an episode on manifestation of the placebo effect. Cause like yeah. I need, yeah, I need people like you like giving their takes on this. Cause I, I don't know. I'm like, well, I'm glad you experienced the same. Like I've I've come across moments where I've been like writing in my journal and like literally once again, I'll bring it back to my breakup where like I'm sad over my ex, but in my journal, I'm like, I think everything's going to be fine because I'm like trying to do the fucking law of assumption, like everything's already fine. And then I'm like, I'm literally lying to my diary in the name of trying to be a good manifester, I don't think that's good. We have to be able, there needs to be some safe spaces where you can think and say whatever you want, you know? So, yeah. yeah. And vibrationally in that moment, if we're going to take it there, you're probably feeling like shit when you're like, I've never yeah. been better. <laughs> like I'm doing so great right now. It's like tears <laughs> streaming down my face and I'm like, I know I will be happy soon. <laughs> it's like Cassie from you for it. I have never, ever been happier. <laughs> Oh, um, that. okay shannon thank you so much for your time today um this was so lovely and yeah tell everyone where they can find you although you know i'm sure they're probably tuning in just uh fluently forward everywhere at fluently forward and you'll find everything there thank you for having me on emily and yeah. thank you for putting up with my um tangents throughout this episode uh same i mean what <laughs> what is this if not a bunch of non sequiturs and tangents yeah true <laughs> all strung together okay thank you so much all right guys that's it for today don't forget to subscribe leave me a review heck leave a five-star review while you're at it follow me on instagram it's become a whole thing and tiktok and i'll see you next week au revoir mes amours